Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Smythe for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. The Miraculous! T.C. Martin. It's Murray Magic! The Doctor now in. Hour number two here on this fabulous football Friday. Getting ready for championship Sunday AFC and NFC championship games. We are live at the Westgate Las Vegas here at the world famous Superbook. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo. Jay Cornegay just joined us, talking about the line movement. And now the wide receiver steps in. Las Vegas is very owned and, of course, longtime wide receiver in the National Football League and does a fantastic job on the media side with VEASAN, Raider Nation Radio, and my longtime colleague uh, for many years, too, Mike Pritchard in the house. I'm here. What's up, Pritch? Uh, not much. Uh, it's championship weekend. That's what's up. You got to like that, How y'all doing? You? Yeah. Good. Great to be with you. I mean, absolutely, man. This is... Uh, you know, this is special because, you know, you go to a neutral site for the Super Bowl, and I know there's been some talk about moving the conference championships to the, to the neutral site. <laughs> Come on. Forget that, right? right? I mean, when you get to experience uh, a chance to win a championship in your home stadium, you can't take that away from the fans. You can't. Yep. And I know that the NFL is trying to tinker with that, but the environment is off the hook. Um and, you know, this is what everybody kind of works towards yeah. uh, at the end of the year, to host that game, that key game to get yourself to the Super Bowl. Speaking of tinkering, I don't know if you guys heard the news today that now the NFL is talking about possibly tinkering with the championship weekend going neutral. No, 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 or, no, no. Talking about moving one of the games to Monday night. Oh, so I it's hear like, that. are you kidding me? This is Championship Sunday. Yeah. It's always been Championship Sunday. I mean, it's the coronation of what we get for 17, 18 weeks. Sunday, our Sunday football, and I get it. The Monday night football, you bleed it over to Thursday, and this and that. But now they're talking about maybe having one game Sunday night and one game Monday, and they go, well, no one should complain about the rest because you know they got the dead week the next right. week. But do we want to see this? This is what they're seriously talking about why do they got to change they always got to tinker with stuff man i didn't like the play i mean from a fan standpoint i see the the monday night playoff game they had but i didn't think that was fair to the two teams that played on monday night yeah. for the winner to move on they lose yeah. a day a playoff time you know a day of recovery at the end of the season I've never played football, but I know it's got to hurt, okay? Oh, yeah. You need those days to recover. You do. You? you do. I mean, we, we saw Dallas wear down in that yeah. second half as uh, 49ers were running the football. They had one drive. Uh, that one drive is what catapulted them to this uh, championship game against the Eagles. But, you know, I, I don't know if that's to appease ESPN, their partner, Monday night and all that. Um, who knows? It's always, a, it's always about time. money. Yeah. It's always about money, I though. Know. I mean, the NFL, yeah. Yeah. they had a stated goal with these owners that they wanted to get to $25 billion annually. Uh, and they're close. They're at they're over $20 billion annually right now. Mm-hmm. Think about that. And so you got more games overseas popping up. Uh, and for them to think about that or even have the idea about it is motivated by money. Uh, but from a betting standpoint, I wouldn't want to see it happen. And then certainly from a former player standpoint, there's no sense uh, to having a championship game on Monday night. I agree. I agree. Mike Pritchard's in the house joining us. All right, Pritch, I want to talk with you about the uh, Patrick Mahomes injury. It's a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine at some point in time you probably had a high ankle sprain at some point during your uh, professional and collegiate career. How tough is it to play with this injury, especially if you're a quarterback? Well, I mean, if you're a quarterback, like I was a receiver, so I couldn't play on this. I mean, a high ankle sprain, yeah. Forget the cutting and everything. Yeah, the start and the stop and then the lateral movement and all that. I I think as as a quarterback, uh, it's different because, you know, you're shifting all the time. I know people talked about Patrick pushing off, but – Patrick throws the ball from any angle, every angle, his left foot, his right foot. I mean, uh, his mechanics uh, are are questionable at times, but he's such a great playmaker. He's a point guard. Right. Right? Um, And that's how I would view it. I mean, I think 
you know, Patrick Mahomes, if you want to equate it to basketball, it's like a point guard, right? But a point guard is going up and down the court. It's a little bit different. But in terms of dis- dis- distributing the football, I think Patrick's going to be okay that way. But he's going to be in pain. I mean, I, I think uh, this is a situation in which you're in an AFC championship game. You do anything and everything necessary to get out there. Yeah. So and that means if that means like taking a toward all shot or or deer antler spray or anything else. I mean, I think you run the risk. I think you run the risk of getting tested and go out there because uh, this is what you work for. I mean, it's not it's not promised to you each and every year. It has been for Patrick, but I mean, I, I think this is different though. I believe this is the first time in the history of the show a deer antler spray has come up. <laughs> there it is. Where, where do you put that, Prince? Where, what is deer? Hey, man. What do you know about that? I don't know anything about it. Uh, I know I know people that used it before, or you know, rumors, right? Rumors. <laughs> right, right. But DMSO was another one. I mean, yeah. horse racing. A lot of people talk about that. And um, so, Marco, we had, you, we had, we, I was laughing. You had to get the Lasix too, Marco. No, we had one. Was called Snake Venom. That yeah. was That was a, a numbing agent. That, right. You know. Wow. Would, you know. Yeah. There's. <laughs> yeah. Marco was in the horse business. He gets yeah. So DMSO, I mean, yeah. you can educate me on this a little yeah. bit. I mean, because I know some guys that have used it. I, I never touched it. I know it was foul. It'd make it, your, your body kind of just foul. Uh, <laughs> but I, apparently it can help, though. It can help. Another thing that, that can help soft tissue, which they do use in horse racing, and I don't know if they use it, you guys, but we have shockwave machines mm-hmm. where you – it's like it looks like an ultrasound right. wad, but it's giving – it's literally the convulsions, you know, tap, 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 tap. Yeah. And that helps promote the, the healing yeah. of that. And I can attest to that because I had a horse that we raced in a big race, and we were questionable if we were going to make it. But the date's the date. We, we had to get everything doing, and it worked. Right. It did help. I have had shockwave therapy on my back, uh, whether you go into a chiropractor or not, the cryotherapy too. I mean, you can get you know, specific areas, the treatment, the necessary treatment to accelerate blood flow or the healing process. And uh, I, I, like I said, I mean, Andy Reid today said that he's going to start. Uh, and for Andy Reid to say that, that means a week of practice was okay. Because Andy Reid's from that tree with Mike Holmgren, Bill Walsh. You have to show me as a play caller that I can trust you. Uh, and if I can't trust you, I, I, you're not playing. Uh, so obviously Patrick Mahomes won the trust of Andy Reid, the play caller, along with Eric Bieniemy, uh, to be able to perform and get to start uh, coming up this weekend. How do you think Andy Reid approaches this as far as the play calling, and what do we see from Mahomes? Because you know after the injury in that second right. half, we saw zero rollouts whatsoever. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, I think, think I think that part of the game could be taken away uh, depending on the movement, certainly, and and or the, or the pain degree. Yeah. You know, they're gonna brace it. They're gonna. They're going to tape it. They're going to probably put an ankle brace on it, and they're going to wrap it real tight. So where we're, he's going to have, in his mind, he's going to have stability, right? Mm-hmm. Now, can he block out the pain, or will they help him block out the pain? That's the question. I, I'm leaning towards they're going to help him block out the pain. <laughs> yeah. uh, so with that, I mean, I think he's going to be primarily a pocket passer, but if he has yeah. to move around a little bit, he's going to do it. Now, he's not going to run and make plays like that. I'm not anticipating that. But as far as sliding around in a pocket and creating throwing lanes, I still think that's on the table for Patrick Mahomes, though. All right. All right. Let's talk about the matchups here in this game. Yeah. We, Travis Kelsey nails. Outstanding, right? My question is, does the Kansas City Chiefs have enough weapons at wide receiver and running back to, to do the damage against the Cincinnati team? And, again, I know it's been three close games. Right. But Cincinnati does have their number. And, you know, going 3-0 and against them, you know, right. 34, 31, 27, 24, twice. But, you know, when I look at that Kansas City, you know, team without Tyreek Hill, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, you got Travis Kelsey, but they don't have those those running backs and those wide receivers we're accustomed to seeing at this time of year for the Chiefs. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, though, uh, I keep yeah. an eye on that guy. Uh, I know Eric loves this kid uh, or this guy, yeah. and I call him a kid uh, now sure. these days. Sure. <laughs> but no, I, I know Eric being me, uh, Pacheco even. I mean, they, they really are high on their playmakers out of the backfield. I mean, um, and that's what you're talking about too with Patrick. Uh, they matriculate. They changed their entire offense because of Cincinnati in the playoffs last year. Yeah. What Anna Rumo did to him, dropping eight guys in coverage in that second half. They only uh, had three points, and, and I think Patrick was not patient enough. But by matriculating, it made Patrick Mahomes become patient. And he's going to win the MVP because he was highly efficient as well as 
um, being able to distribute the football to multiple people. And so now if you're Cincinnati, you got to con- cover the entire field. I mean, the thing about Tyreek Hill is that was improvisation, right? And that was Patrick Mahomes in that air raid aspect of Patrick from college that made him exciting. But what makes them exciting now is that Patrick Mahomes led the National Football League as a coach, as, as, as a quarterback with yards after the catch from his receivers. Um, and then you had Travis Kelsey, who was third in terms of playmakers, yards after the catch in the National Football League. So they want to get the ball out quickly, and they want these guys to make people miss yeah. and, and certainly try to matriculate the ball down the field. All right. On the other side of that, you got the Cincinnati offense yeah. against the Chiefs defense. Uh, Chris Jones has been Ooh. nowhere to be found in, in, the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In the last two three years, uh, Frank Clark, we know you can kind of count on him. Yeah. But then you got three guys in that secondary that are rookies. Oh yeah. How do you how do you look at that matchup with Burrow against that defense? Well, I mean, it's a tough one. You know, a lot of times when you are young back there in the secondary, you want to protect them, like whether it's cover four, four across, quarter, 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 quarter. Um, you know, some zone stuff like that. You you rarely want to put these guys in man to man situations, but. Um, what I like about Cincinnati is they're the Rams from last year, but on the East Coast, right? It's the exact same scheme. Um, but they have three featured guys, two featured guys for sure, because they got two number ones. T. Higgins is the number one wide receiver, but Jamar Chase is just off the charts great. And they're moving these guys around. Um, but the challenge for the Bengals is protection, though, because I know what you said about Chris Jones, but Chris Jones is a game record, though. Um, And that right tackle is a liability for Cincinnati right now. I expect Chris Jones to be on him, but they got to stop the running game. I mean, if they can make Cincinnati one-dimensional, then that's going to be harder on the Bengals. The Bengals in the last eight games have not passed for over 300 yards, though. Uh, They didn't really have to, you know, when you think about the winning streak and and everything they've done. But they've they've acquired uh, balance, Uh, and that's that's been helpful. So. I think, you know, in terms of that young secondary, Spags is going to try to protect them. Uh, but if he can't, then Cincinnati will expose him, though. Yeah. What's the intangibles in this game? Chris Jones. I, yeah. I think last week we saw the Bengals run the ball very, very well uh, against Buffalo. But, you know, you had Daquan Jones who was out. Uh, and then you had uh, Jordan Phillips who was hobbled. He had 19 snaps. That's over 600 pounds of run stoppers in there that wasn't really available for Buffalo. That's going to be different with Chris Jones in there. And then, you know, Karras is back, but I, I think Kappa's out uh, along with um, the the right tackle, right? Yeah, both those guys uh, are out. Yeah, or left tackle. Um, so this offensive line banged up against what the Chiefs have is different than than Buffalo. So that that's the intangible. That's the matchup for me. All right. Question for you. We always, you know, think about it and say, well, I think this and that. How much, if you were a player yeah. last week for the Cincinnati Bengals and you saw the NFL sold 50,000 seats to the AFC neutral site championship game, right. which meant you were losing, <laughs> you're out of the picture. Is that bulletin board material for you guys? Not yeah. that you shouldn't already right. be motivated, but does that push you to another level? Well, you know, it's a great question because – from a betting perspective, mm-hmm. bulletin board material is what the teams talk about. Mm-hmm. Like when the Bengals talked about it, yeah. then that was bulletin board material, right? Um, I, we always get media cutouts and we'll get a book, uh, a, a dossier, if you will, about all the what the media is saying, what people are saying <laughs> about you. And whether or not you go public with it, does it, it, I think that determines whether it's, it's bothering you or if it's bulletin board material. Yeah. Like if the Bengals weren't talking about it, then as soon as the game was over, they talked about it. Of course they did. They did. But they felt disrespected, too. Yeah. So it was bulletin board material because they used it from a motivational standpoint. Uh, and, and I think um, if you're the Bengals, you probably feel disrespected anyway because you were in the Super Bowl last year. Nobody yeah. thinks you should be here now, right? And uh, so that's a great point by you because I think from a betting standpoint and for tips, um, 
it's a bulletin board material situation if the team or players or coaches are talking about it. All right. Um, we're hearing from the flip side of that. Now we're hearing, you know, Burrowhead. And so, yeah. you know, the Chiefs are, are hearing all about right. this. Mm-hmm. And, again, there was a, a good portion of this week where the Chiefs were an underdog. They've never been an underdog. Patrick Mahomes has never been a home underdog in a playoff game. So <laughs> that's bulletin board material the other way. They've been talking about it. Yeah. Um, Chris Jones was talking about that, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Burrowhead. I mean, that's that's the motivation thing and so that's going to add some juice to this matchup yeah. i mean but it is arrowhead arrowhead's a tough place to play i know you know man <laughs> i know cincinnati's familiar with it uh, but it, the energy that those guys get from that crowd man it's 60 minutes right it's not okay in spurts <laughs> that energy is persistent for 60 minutes mm-hmm. Let me ask you one more question of, of a theory we always say. We say that revenge is the most overused term in sports betting, mm-hmm. but there's certain situations, and to me, one of them is you never forget who ended your season. Right. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> so when you face them, whether it be regular season or in this the biggest stage, the AFC Championship rematch, that's got to be that that's got to be an edge to you. Oh, absolutely, it's an edge. I mean, I, like I said earlier, you know, the Chiefs changed and they got rid of Tariq Hill because of what the Bengals did to him, uh, and so that's been motivating them all year long too. And uh, a mantra for the Chiefs every year, each and every year, is that the AFC Championship game runs through Arrowhead. And that's been true ever since Patrick has been the starter. So they made that happen again. And, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for more juice, uh, I don't know if you can add more to what's going on right now. Yeah. The revenge aspect, <laughs> because now Cincinnati's getting all the flowers and mm-hmm. they're the number one team. They're the team to beat, right? Yeah. But then Kansas City's like, well, wait a minute. We, we've been the number one team. But, but Cincinnati's right there, too, because they went to the Super Bowl last year. They yeah. got it done. Um, and that, that core is young. Mm-hmm. That core is young, you know, 25 years, 26 years old uh, with Mixon, Higgins, Chase, and certainly Burrow. Um, but now you do have to shift through or sift through, if you will, uh, the injury situations and key matchups in the game, though. All right. Mike Pritchard joins us uh, talking AFC Championship game. Pritch, let's talk a little bit about the NFC side. He'll kick it off on Sunday at 12 noon, and that's the Niners and the Eagles. Obviously, it's a battle of young quarterbacks. Yep. These uh, two guys, they faced off uh, a few years ago in college, uh, combined for, what, uh, 11 touchdowns and <laughs> and uh, over 1,000 yards. Uh, but uh, I don't think we're going to see that. We're not going to see a 42-41 game uh, <laughs> this time around. Talk a little bit about what you like out of Jalen Hurts and what you like uh, when you see Brock Purdy. Well, I mean, first of all, you got to start with what Jalen Hurts brings to the table for the Eagles. I mean, he allows them to get to six eligibles. Uh, so that's hard to defend. You know, that's defend, defending the field horizontally and vertically. Um, so that's a lot to prepare for, right? Um, and then what Brock brings to the table is steadiness. Um, uh, you know, he, he hasn't had that blow-up game. He hasn't had that rookie moment. Uh, and the steadiness has really settled down the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers, they could have went the other way many times because of Trey Lance and then Jimmy G, and uh, now you're the Brock Purdy, but they've all been supportive of it, and I think Kyle Shanahan's done a fantastic job uh, of, of making the game simple for Brock. Uh, like I said earlier, they had that one key drive. Out of that 10-play drive, they had seven runs. Yeah. And Brock had to throw the ball three times, and that was the game winner. Think about that. Yeah. You got to throw the ball three times? I mean, <laughs> that's it, and we can win a game? Yeah. And so there's no pressure on them. And uh, not yet, but I, I think this stage is different, though. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole media buildup this whole week has been different. But you've noticed you haven't really heard a lot from Brock, though. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's by design, certainly from the 49ers and, and um, you know, their, their supportive staff and how much time are you going to allow Brock to be in front of the media from all the demands? Uh, I think they're managing that right now to kind of keep him even keeled if they can. Right. Yeah. I know the Niners' number one defense, and the Eagles are really right right. Be- right behind them. And they did play last year, even though it was in September, but it was a right. 17 to 11 game. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, they used to Philadelphia you know, scoring 35, 40, and we've seen the Niners be able to win both ways. They can win high scoring games, right. low scoring games. So. You know, I would think, you know, for me, advantage San Francisco in that. But, again, there's a lot of Philly love out there as well, too. Sure. Talk a little bit about 
you know, we talk a lot about the Niners D. Right. What do you see when you see Philly's D? You know, um, I, I think their defense, from a running game standpoint, there's some challenges for them. Yeah. Um, you know, they they run that four two five thing, and um, uh, they're not a they're not a physical right. team. Like although they did bring in Indomitian Sue and. Uh, the draft choice is healthy now. And they did I mean, have 75 sacks this year. Yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Don't yeah, get right. after the yeah. passer. Yeah, they, and so running different story. Yeah, yeah, it's um, but you know, I, I went back and I studied the tape. Um, the 49ers on the road uh, against Atlanta, <laughs> and you know, a physical running game, kind of, and the 49ers had some injuries too, but um, that was challenging to them. But you know, from the Eagles' defensive standpoint, you know, the Saints got after them a little bit too. So. I, I think the physic the physical nature of what the 49ers will bring that's going to be a challenge for the Eagles. Um, it, it absolutely, is going to be a challenge, and, and because you, you're thinking that you're shedding a blocker, right? If you're the, if you're the Eagles, but then all of a sudden you get ear hold because there's another angle from somebody else, which is a receiver or a tight end, or or you don't know where that guy came from, right? Because of all the cross blocking, so. If you're not a physical, if you don't have that mindset, then I, I think that can be a challenge for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, the 49ers are going to want to run the football. They, they can run the football against anybody. They believe that. Uh, and that the challenge to me for the Eagles is going to be able to settle in and do what's necessary to kind of slow down that running game. You know, a lot of people will make uh, a big deal of San Francisco traveling cross-country. Mm-hmm. Uh the Eagles don't seem to have a great home field advantage. Check. They lost oh. to two lesser teams at home this year, and they've never been, you know, ha- have any great home field. Now, the fans are rowdy. We yeah, get all that are. kind of stuff, yeah. right? But uh, give your take on I that because we have the, 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 quote, East Coast, West Coast battle here, the, yeah. the long travel, and you would think, okay, outdoors, advantage Philly. But what do you think? Well, I mean, the, the Eagles, I, do they have a home field advantage like the – Chiefs? Probably I don't not. think so. Probably no. not. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. But those fans will get Rudy though, yeah. <laughs> uh, unruly. Um, um, I, I think the energy in the stadium for this game is the Eagles. The fans are familiar with this, right? And yeah. I think the fans will bring it. You know, and that's that's really home field advantage. It's it's when you are are in your home stadium and you are already psyched up. You are already energetic. You already are prepared. Your focus. But then that extra that comes from the fans, uh, and I think Phillies, I think their fans can bring that. Not so much in San Francisco. I've been in both uh, stadiums, and mm-hmm. you know that that's that's a tablecloth kind of crowd right out there in the <laughs> Bay Area. <laughs> Philly man, they wine and cheese, baby. No, that's not wine and cheese. That's <laughs> over in San Francisco's oh, wine and cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's cheese uh, steaks. Cheese steaks. Steak 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 steak. I'm going to say, uh, is it, is it underlined beer? Yeah. Is it cheese whip? Uh, what do they call that? Cheese, cheese whiz. Cheese yeah. whiz. Yeah. Yeah. On the dripping from the side of your mouth. <laughs> that's what's going on in Philly. <laughs> so, um, I mean, they're, they're going to bring the energy. Um, but it's Jalen Hurts, and, you know, this is a different stage for him, right? Yeah. And, um, but but they have some they have some matchup advantages too that I think can hurt the 49ers uh, defense. So all right, we talk about intangibles. What is it uh, for you here? Well, the 49ers defense they play with seven defensive backs, even including Greenlaw and Warner, because they run like defensive backs. Mm-hmm. So they can take away the middle of the field, the intermediate routes. Uh, they can pay attention to the shallow crosses if you need to, but where they're vulnerable is on the outside, outside the numbers. And I think the Eagles have options outside the numbers against their corners. Uh, if you can isolate that, create those one-on-one situations, got to run the ball. So the two safeties are paying attention to the middle of the field in addition to the linebackers, right? But if those corners get isolated in any way, which I think the Eagles can create those matchups, they're going to get exposed. Um, so th- that's the challenge for the 49ers, to be able to kind of dictate, but then also predict when the ball could go outside the numbers to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And if you're San Francisco, you got to leave a spy for Hurts. You, you can't turn you can't turn your back right. and let the middle, you know, everybody turn and be going downfield cuz he'll eat you alive. Yeah, and that's why six eligibles is so different mm-hmm. difficult for a defense cuz mm-hmm. if you're playing with seven defensive backs, you're rushing four you're not worried about that six eligible, right? <laughs> you can pay attention to robbing a crossing oh, route. You can yeah, double team. Oh. You can bracket. You can do all that stuff. 
But now all of a sudden Jalen is a running back, and so you do have to spy him. Now, the thing about the 49ers that they do have overall team speed defensively uh, to rally on Jalen because Jalen, he's not the feet of foot. He's a quick guy, but he's not a speed guy. Right, He's a burly guy. He'll, yeah. He can run yeah. you over too. <laughs> yeah. And he's a burly guy, but I mean, you got Greenlaw and, and Warner. They'll, they'll yeah. knock you out. Yeah. But um, I, I expect one of those guys to kind of be a spy on Jalen. Mm-hmm. though. All right. It, they could say, just go to Jalen too, as a safety. Yeah. Like we don't need you to cover. Just follow Jalen. They could do that. I mean, that typically is what happens in an option game. Like, and that's what that's how you got to treat Philly like a triple option team, uh, and a triple option scheme defensively. That free agency is going to the quarterback. Where is the quarterback going? I'm taking away that quarterback. Uh, but you know, Huvanga is a strong safety or free safety, either one. But I, you know, he's he's fast enough to go track down Jalen though if he needs to. We're gonna have a physical football game on yeah. Sunday with those two teams. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No question about yeah. it. All right, we uh, Pritch is going to hang with us, and uh, we'll do our best bets here coming up uh, at our next segment. But before we get into that, Pritch, I've uh, been wanting to talk with you for a while about your alma mater, Colorado oh. Buffaloes, <laughs> new head coach. What's been going on over there, boy? Yeah. Anything, anything new? Deion Sanders, prime time. What's your take, man? Oh man, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, it's been a minute since Colorado football has been relevant <laughs> or been talked about, right? Uh, in a significant way, yeah. and. Coach Prime, as soon as he took the job, that's all everybody can talk about. Anybody and everybody can talk about is what's happening in Boulder. And we needed this injection. We needed this kind of energy. We needed this life. Um, And so I I cannot be more proud of our AD for for taking a chance, Rick George. Uh, I go back to Rick Rick, Rick George since I was 17 years old. He recruited me. He was a recruiting coordinator. and for him as an athletic director to make this move and create the support uh, from an NIL standpoint, from a booster standpoint, from a ticket sales standpoint to, to what Coach Prime uh, is creating from a culture standpoint, it, it's a 180-degree it's a turnaround. It really is. I mean, uh, so I love it. Uh, I, I think brighter days are clearly ahead of us, but uh, I, can't, I cannot wait for this ride, though. So when you look at, at Deion Sanders, were you kind of surprised that he would take – that job in Colorado? You know what? Um, you know, surprise Surprise is probably not the word I would use. Um, I think, you know, Dion was obviously getting entertaining, you know, entertaining uh, thoughts to go into a Power 5 situation. Um, I, I thought Colorado was a perfect fit. Because it's in the Pac-12 that's looking for attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a school that's looking for a dynamic individual like uh, Coach Prime. Um, and I, I thought that that would be attracted to him, attractive to him. Mm-hmm. Because if you know Dion a little bit, then, you know, the spotlight is all what Dion loves. I mean, he, he, I think it fuels him. Uh, and so this was a perfect situation. Um, but I know there was other entertaining offers out there. So I, I wouldn't say surprised. Um, I just can't see him bundled up in a parka on the sidelines there in Boulder. I just can't see that come November. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's warmer than you think. Okay. Like my four years up there, I never played in the snow. Yeah. Never had a game in the snow. Really? Okay. Nope. Never had a game. It's, yeah. it's like it was snow during the week, and then Saturday was is sunny. It was beautiful. Okay. Um, so that's, I mean, Colorado's got over 300 sunny days a year. I mean, yeah. we know that. Um but yeah, there, there'll be some weather games, but he'll be all right. He'll be all right. He'll bump. He'll. They got some great, great equipment. We got some great equipment, yeah. uh, and Nike will have him dressed from head to toe, looking nice there out go. there on the sideline. And you'll be making some, some road trips. There's no doubt about yes, that. Yes, sir. Starting in the spring, right? Spring ball is going to be off the chain out there. I yeah. mean, from the NIL, the uh, the whole um, transfer portal, yeah. uh, hitting the ground running that way, and then you know, you got some good, uh, some few gray shirts for that people are excited about. But then. The fall training camp, too, is going to be off the chain as well, though. All right, man. Bust out the black and gold. The Buffaloes. No, I already have it. I've been blasting it out every time I get a chance. I know, so. man. Everybody else has, too. Have you noticed that? Yeah. It doesn't matter where you go. There's CU gear across the country right now. It's the nature of our society, isn't it, man? <laughs> jump, right. jump on a winner. Yes, or, sir. Or a presumed winner. Yeah. No question. All right, speaking of winners, man, 
We'll, hopefully we'll dish out some winners. we got our best bet segment coming your way. Pritch is going to hang with us. Trevor Maddich will be joining us by phone as we dish it out to you like we do each and every Friday right here at the Westgate inside the Superbook. It is a fantastic football Friday. This is boxing referee Kenny Bayless, and what I say you must obey. So be sure to catch up with the broadcast at tcmartinshow.com. Football Friday it is here, our Friday home here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superduck. Don't forget, next week, Cool the Gang in concert at the International Theater. George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic was here two weeks ago, Pritch. You missed it. <laughs> I did miss that. Yeah. I did miss and that. And George still doing it, 81 oh, years old. I know. I still know. doing it. Look good. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I was looking at you when I was looking at George Clinton's calves. <laughs> I'm not I'm not talking about age. Right? George's calves yeah. were unbelievable. Okay. Okay. He, was still, he was getting down. Yeah. He's doing his thing. Oh, man. And uh, Robert oh. Kubel, my guy, and Cool and the Gang, they'll be here on February the 10th and 11th. And even Marco D'Angelo is going to be going to watch Cool in the Gang. You have to, right, Marco? I mean, the, the wife wants to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Marco, you don't want to? You're going to be grooving. Come on hey, now. He hears me pro- promoting all the time. Yeah. He's just going like this. Hey, then my wife heard about this. Uh, you know? The last time I saw Cool in the Gang in Vegas was um, at the sunset. Okay. Outside, they had like a, a stadium yeah, yeah, yeah. set up outside. Yeah. Um, uh, and but you know, obviously later on in the calendar. But no, that's yeah. going to be outstanding here. There it is. Um, I mean, I miss P Funk though. You missed it, man. <laughs> man, there where was I at? I don't know. You were were you around? You probably you probably working somewhere. I was on working. Or I was working. It was yeah. a, that's it was, what it was. I was, was working two Saturdays ago. Yeah, I was working yeah. uh, with B Sin and yeah. Uh, yep. I think were you working with my guy Scott Spritzer that night because um, Scott was going to come to the show and he got called into work over there. No, I, no, because I know he works with Matt. Yeah, um, right. Uh, Matt Humans, but yeah. no, no, I was working with Brady Cannon. We were doing Pro Football Blitz, I'm sure. But <laughs> football season, man, on the weekends, I'm. Soon, man. Yeah, I I'm, know, man. <laughs> I, I, I miss people. I can't believe I miss people. <laughs> wow. There you go. Well, we'll hook you up anytime, Prince. Right. You know that. Yeah, man. yeah. I'll, I'll keep an eye on the calendar now <laughs> with those concerts because everybody's coming to Vegas now. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got the fun going on this this uh, Sunday. We could hardly wait. AFC NFC Championship games. Let's break it down. It's time for the best bets. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, so we're going to make a case for each game. Best bet could be a side or total. Normally we do our three best bets, but uh, we're whittling that down because we've only got two games. But, hey, we're going to have everybody make a case for each game. Like I said, whether it's a side or total. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, wagertalk.com in the house. Marco always with us every Monday and Friday Mike Pritchard in the house joining us, the former wide receiver, and of course the media mogul that he is, especially over at uh, at Visa. He is in the house with us, and of course our 15-time Emmy Award winner from ESPN, Trevor Maddich, our college football slash NFL guru. Trev, what's going on, brother? PC Martin, I am so excited. This weekend determines who who goes to the Super Bowl, man. And this this weekend, in some ways, is more exciting than the Super Bowl. What? So I, I can't wait for these games. And you could say that uh, you know something's on the line here as well, unofficially, because you and Marco and Scott are are, are battling head to head. And kudos to all three of you guys hovering around sixty five percent on our best bets this year. So I, I got to give you props, Trev. Yeah, I think Marco just came up on the outside and pushed his nose just ahead of me, man. This is an important weekend. <laughs> it was my belly, not my nose. <laughs> <laughs> We're all probably guilty of that. There you go, man. All right, Trev, we'll let you uh, kick us off here, brother. Here we go. Let's uh, let's, let's start off uh, with your, your two best bets, so one from each game, the AFC Championship game and the NFC. Who you got, big guy? All right, so in the AFC, Cincinnati is actually getting a point. And uh, because Marco likes me to take underdogs, I'm going to take Cincinnati and the point. And this is a tough one because there's a few things that we don't know. One of them is how how effective, how mobile will Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes be? I, I've had that high ankle sprain, and I can tell you that it makes a big difference. And I put off at the line, obviously, he's a quarterback, and, and he is a uh, – so there's a lot more weight on mine. And, and there were guys pushing on me at all times, so – so it's not apples to apples exactly, 
but I expect that he won't do a lot of running outside the pocket at, outside of the first couple of series. I think they'll try to script him to get outside the pocket just to make Cincinnati's defense think that that's what he's going to do. But I think they'll probably keep him in the pocket. And he led the NFL in QBR, quarterback rating, and touchdowns passing from inside the pocket. But when you throw with your plant leg uh, gimpy, and if it is gimpy, it affects how far you can throw it down the field, and it affects your accuracy of throwing it down the field. And I think what the Bengals will do is they'll let their corners be on islands until further notice and let the inside guys try to bracket Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, in the playoffs, has half of their catches. Last week against Jacksonville, he had more catches than all other pass catchers of the Chiefs combined. And so I expect the the defense of Cincinnati to try to force Mahomes to throw the ball vertically on the edges against man coverage and see how his accuracy can be. Now, he's great at throwing the ball with his upper body divorced from his lower body. It's one of the things that makes him magic. But they're going to force him to do that. Uh, and I think that even though there are injuries on the offensive line for Cincinnati, the the quarterback, um, Joe Burrow, is outstanding at knowing where to go with the ball and getting that ball out of his hands quickly with a bad offensive line because he had to do that last year, for goodness sake. And they got all the way to the Super Bowl doing that. And so I, I think that, that this is a really tight game. But even if Mahomes weren't hurt, I'd be leaning Cincinnati in this one. And it's really because of Burrow and those receivers. Whereas if you can limit Kelsey, you're really limiting the passing game of the Chiefs. And so I, I'm taking the Bengals lay the point. Then for the NFC Championship game, the Eagles against the 49ers, I was tempted to go with the Eagles minus two and a half. But I can see a path for the 49ers to win this game. So I went ahead and went with the under. Um, you know, I know Marco's proud of me for that too, because that's, uh, Marco's always watching for me to do that. The, the total's 46. Both defenses are outstanding at limiting the big play. I don't think there'll be a whole lot of big plays from either offense. So I think it'll come down to the running game. And so they're going to grind out the clock. Uh, and one thing that worries me about the Eagles is that they're giving up 4.6 yards per carry, which is kind of middling in the NFL. The 49ers lead the NFL in giving up just 3.4 yards per carry. But it hasn't bitten the Eagles because they've gotten out to such big leads most of the time that teams weren't able to throw. I mean, the Giants averaged almost six yards per carry. And, but they only ran it 20 times against the Eagles in the playoff game last week. The reason is that the Eagles jumped out to a 28 nothing lead in the first half. So I think the 49ers will be able to have some success running the ball uh, against the Eagles, and I think they'll grind out some clock doing it. I think they'll try to take the ball out of the hands as much as possible of the quarterback Brock Purdy so it doesn't become a quarterback duel. And that, to me, you know, gives me the indication that this game will be a, a game with the clock running, smash-mouth football, neither team wanting to try to make mistakes throwing it down the field against defenses that are tough to throw down the field anyway. And I will take the under at 46. All right, Trevor Maddich is in. He's got the Cincinnati Bengals and the Eagles-Niners game under 46-and-a-half, actually. All right. Pritch, what do you got, man? Well, I'm going to go with almost what Trevor's talking about there. Um, you know, this situation with Patrick has been volatile, right? And now you have Kansas City as a home favorite. Um, and if you think about home favorites, what are they, 23-9, and 72%? Yeah. Uh, and conference championship game situations, it's like, wait a minute. Patrick Holmes is now a favorite uh, because he's going to start. Uh, it's like, okay, that's the direction to go uh, based on the trends, based on the percentages that way. Um, but I like what Trevor said uh, in terms of, like, if you can neutralize Trevor, like, what other options with a hobbled uh, Patrick Mahomes what do you have realistically? Whereas I think the Bengals have a lot more that they can get to now that they've established being balanced. Uh, and they're going to have to do that. So uh, you're catching a point with the Bengals uh, in this situation. So I'm, I'm going to go with that as best bet uh, and for the AFC. On the other side, though, um, I, I think the Eagles will get it done. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I think the challenges and the matchups that they have uh, when you look at uh, A.J. Brown, when you look at Devonta Smith, I mean, when you look at even Sanders and, and, and what, some of the things that they can get to uh, that can kind of take away what the 49ers have captured. 
like against the Cowboys, the 49ers, they could rob the middle of the field. They weren't even worried about underneath routes uh, because no Pollard, right? And Zeke Elliott wasn't really a threat. But I think with Jalen, his running ability, and then also the ability to throw the ball to the backside of the backfield, that should bring up those linebackers a little bit. So therefore exposing uh, the secondary a little bit more. But I, I think the matchups favor the Eagles too, so I like the Eagles as well. All right. So that first game, you kind of on the fence there a little I bit? I am on the fence right. because of the trend. I mean, 72% 72% home face. Right. right. Uh, but, I, you know, if, if Patrick Mahomes was fully healthy, because he could run too, and we've seen him do that. Yeah. We've seen him make plays with his legs. With him not being able to do that, probably with yeah. that ankle situation, and then if they can, I mean, the Bengals have done a great job of taking away the number one option. And now I know Eric Bieniemy and, and certainly Andy, they're going to hide tra- uh, tra- uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. They're going to move him around. They're going to motion him. They're going to put him in bunches. They're going to create a halfback situation. Uh, they're going to create him as an H back. They're going to create him as a tight end, uh, even as a split end at times. But uh, that's going to be something that I think Cincinnati is going to be able to communicate uh, and still kind of bracket and, and kind of control that. All right, Pritch is on the Bengals and the Eagles. There it is. Marco D'Angelo, hit us. All right, I'll start with the NFC. I'm going to go with San Francisco. San Francisco, better defense, getting points. I'm always going to look at that. And last week, as we said, T.C., Philadelphia was facing the Giants, and we said the Giants aren't facing the Minnesota defense this week. Well, it flips. Now it's... Philadelphia, you're not facing the Giants defense this week. This is a nasty defense, and if they contain Jalen Hurts, where are the other options for Philadelphia? As long as, you know, we keep saying it, he hasn't done it, Brock Purdy. If he doesn't have the meltdown game, I think the 49ers win. So I'm going San Francisco in the NFC and for the AFC. You know what? Every defensive coordinator says we got to take Travis Kelsey away. Take him out of the equation. Nobody's been able to do it. Yeah. Everybody says we're gonna do, we're gonna find a way and do this, but until somebody gives them the blueprint to stop and trail Travis Kelsey, it hasn't been done. And last week, Cincinnati, I don't know what Buffalo was playing last week. They looked like a team that was not prepared, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think Kansas City will get the job done. Cincinnati, it's been a great story, a great year last year going to the Super Bowl, but playoff revenge, I can't pass that up. I'm going with Cincinnati. I'm going with the home team, Kansas City. All right. All right. I'm with you, Marco. Uh, We'll start with San Francisco and Philadelphia. Uh, The 49ers are a machine. They've won 12 in a row. They've got so many offensive weapons. You got McCaffrey. You got Debo Samuel. You got Brandon Ayuk. And, of course, you got George Kittle. Let's talk about George Kittle. Uh, He's phenomenal as well, too. The 49ers take care of the football. They've got the number one defense, by the way, as well, right? I look at this team, and I do not see a weakness on either side of the ball. And they got one of the best kickers in the game, too. Let's don't forget about Robbie Good as gold. All right, the Niners, six of their last games, they've scored at least 35 points. No one really talks about that. They talk about the Eagles, you know, being able to light it up. But the Niners can score with the best of them. Like I said, 35 they've scored six of the last eight games. And here's another thing. The San Francisco 49ers can win low-scoring games as well, too. They can get it done either way. All right? Remember, they beat Dallas last week, 19-12 in a low-scoring game, and they shut out the Saints 13 to nothing. This is a pretty physical team. They can win any way possible. And for me, I still see Philadelphia as having some holes. Okay? Uh, left tackle Lane Johnson is going to be back, but he's not going to be 100%. And that was one of the reasons why the Eagles closed the season the way they did. But he's not 100% healthy. Still got that groin injury. I go back to this, that the Eagles beat six teams with a winning record. Now, let's break this down. Five of those teams were 9-8 and eight and barely even qualify. And one of those teams were the New York Giants that they beat three times this season. All right? So... They piled up a lot of big stats against a mediocre competition, and that doesn't go unnoticed with me. They have not faced a team as close to San Francisco on either side of the football at all this year. And the Eagles, they uh, struggle in low-scoring games as well, too. They've got two bad losses this year against Washington and the Saints, and guess what? 
Both of those losses were on their home field. I really don't think that Philly has that much of a home field advantage in comparison to the other teams that we're talking about and that we're seeing here in this championship round. So for me, I think the wrong team is favored. I think too much is being put on, on the Eagles uh, at home. We're seeing this line even uh, crawl up to three right now. I will take that with San Francisco. This team has won 12 games in a row. And the Eagles, they're the only team of these four that are not coming in hot or coming in on a win streak at all. That is San Francisco. I will take the 49ers. And then I like the Chiefs. Uh, this is a tough game, though, for me. I can make a case for either side. Kind of like you, Pritch. I could make a case for the Bengals, make a case for, for the Chiefs. But Cincinnati seems to be getting all of this love. Yeah, you got Joe Burrow. You got Jamar Chase. You got T. Higgins. I get all that stuff. And they got recent history on their side with the three victories against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're calling it Burrowhead now. Well, there's plenty of bulletin board material for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just have the feeling, call it the gut feeling, whatever you want to say, that they're going to get this job done at home because they didn't get it done last year at home. I think the streak of Cincinnati beating Kansas City actually stops here. All right, I still can't get out of my head two weeks ago what we saw with the Cincinnati Bengals struggling against the Baltimore Ravens in a game that they probably should have lost, lost to the opening uh, round of the playoffs. I don't think Cincinnati is going to be as good as what we saw them do against Buffalo. I think they regress a little bit. And the O-line, I think that's going to be an issue this week. It wasn't an issue last week against Buffalo. Like you said, Marco, the way the Buffalo defense uh, played. I mean, they didn't play. So, I don't think that Joe Mixon and the Bengals are going to be able to run the ball like they did against Buffalo last week against his Kansas City Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense is eighth against the run. And you got to remember, Cincinnati's defense on the flip side, very vulnerable against the pass. Oh, guess what? That's Kansas City's strength. Number one pass offense in Kansas City against the number 23 ranked pass defense of the Cincinnati Bengals. And when we really break it down, Kansas City has the two best players on the field. I know I'll get a little argument there about Joe Burrow, but it is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football, and the second best player for uh, is Travis Kelsey, and they're the both, both the best players at their own position. So, yes, I think it's Kansas City going back to the Super Bowl. They're at home. They get the job done. So I'm going to take it, uh, the Chiefs. Don't like them as much as I like the Niners, but I, I will take the Chiefs and the Niners to advance to the Super Bowl. That wouldn't be a bad Super Bowl again, right? We've seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from the Eagles, we've seen you know we've seen Niners Cincinnati before, right? Yeah. Two times before. So yeah. this could be a third time. Yeah. So I don't know. Those were decades ago. (laughs) They were. They were. were. My man Danny Bun's in the stock. Don't forget that. All right, those are our best bets. Uh, They're up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Just uh, go to the tab there under best bets. You'll see Scott Spritzer's picks up there as well. Trevor Maddich and, of course, uh, Gilby the intern up there as well, too. Trevor Maddich, some final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts. Like, you guys all made great points. You know, when you look at, you know, I, I picked Cincinnati, but, you know, they ran the ball well against Buffalo last week, but a lot of that was the snow. Mm-hmm. You know, the offensive line of Cincinnati just sort of leaned forward and pushed those guys back, and they didn't have a whole lot of good footing. Neither defense did, really. But Buffalo's defense also couldn't get around the corner because of the snow in terms of pressuring the quarterback as much as they normally would. And so th- this game, uh, right now the extended forecast is in Kansas City. It'll be in the 20s uh, around kickoff, maybe even in the high teens, but no snow. So they should have a pretty fast track. And then on the other one, for the Eagles, the Eagles lead the NFL by a mile in sacks. They've got 70 sacks. Number two, actually, is the Chiefs with 55. San Francisco's got 44, but almost half of those are one guy, Nick Bosa. And the Eagles spread around the sacks to a lot of places. And so I wonder if they're going to be able to get more pressure on Brock Purdy than anybody else has this year. And so it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. There's there's great cases for for all four of these teams to win these games. Just to do a little roundtable here with with all of us here, uh, if we wanted to make a case for a total, picking a side here in a total, because you know, you know Trevor picked the total, but no one else really did. Do you think we're going to revert back to last week where we saw all four games go under? Or do we get back to the pinball machine going off like we've seen in just about every game this year in the NFL, Pritch? Well, I mean, we, we had a record number of uh, one-possession games in the, in the history of the yep. National Football League. Um, and then the nature of the playoffs, usually they, there's a condensed nature of drives, opportunities. Um, you know, you think about from a game-planning standpoint, both teams 
in the NFC Championship game, they want to run the football. So I'm, I'm looking at opportunities, right? Are we going to see a lot of three and outs? How many elevated drives for that nature? So it, it profiles like an under. Uh, I know in the AFC, because we have the quarterbacks, uh, that it might profile as an over. But I, I said this before, I, you know, Kansas City, they want to matriculate. They want to take time off yep. the clock, possess the ball. Uh, and then Cincinnati, you certainly want to keep Mahomes cold on the sideline if you can do that, too, if you can possess it. Uh, so I, I'm an oppo on, on the AFC. I, I think that could go under. Yeah. Marco? I think the AFC, I'm going to disagree. I think it's going to go over because of the two quarterbacks, and the coaches have seen the history in these games, they can't stop one another. And you keep, you know, the AFC Championship game last year, 21-3 to lead, no lead safe with these two quarterbacks. Yeah. So you're not going to have anybody trying to milk clock. They're going to keep attacking, knowing that they have to. All right. Trevor, I know you like the under in one of those games, but uh, what do you think here? Playoff football? Do we, do we see a little bit low-scoring game? Remember, when San Francisco did face Philadelphia last year during the regular season, it was a 17-11 to game. Yeah, and I, I kind of lean on the over in the AFC game as well, just because I think that the nature of the Chiefs' defense kind of plays into what Cincinnati can do really well. I mean, their, their inside linebacker, Nick Bolton, the Chiefs, really good player. But they ask him to, to stop the run up at the line of scrimmage and also a lot of the time be that whole coverage guy in cover two where he has to bail out from the line of scrimmage or run back into the middle of the field to cover that hole. And so he's got to do both. And so if Cincinnati can get an, uh, a play-action game going, then that guy is in a real bind. And Cincinnati has so many weapons in the passing game that they can run post into that middle where Kansas City is expecting Bolton to be. That I just see, I just see Cincinnati being able to to make some big plays in this game, and that'll force Kansas City to just flat keep up. I just think both teams will have the pedal to the metal from the get go, anticipating that the other one will too. And that profiles to what the these two teams have done against each other in the past. Yeah, the right only there. thing I would throw in though is Cincinnati has not thrown for over 300 yards in eight games. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so uh, they they look like they're powerful right. and they can be prolific. Yeah. But they haven't passed in, in the last eight games. Yeah. They haven't gone over 300 yards past. And the Kansas City run defense is pretty decent. So I, yeah. that's why I don't think Mixon and the, the running backs for Cincinnati are going to have big days like we saw last week. Yeah. Right? yeah. Trevor Madge, we appreciate you, brother. We look forward to uh, talking with you next week, man. Good luck on the selections and enjoy the games. Thanks. Thanks, guys. There you go. All right, Trevor Mass joins us every Wednesday and Friday. Mike Pritchard, we appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys. Fun to see you guys Good over here at the Westgate. You got that right. All right, brother, we'll enjoy uh, your weekend. Yes, we'll keep you do listen- the same. We'll keep listening to you over at Visa and everything, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch. And uh, we go eat, and we'll go <laughs> see some concerts. I still That's what haven't do. taken you up on some grub. Have you? Anytime. Yeah, I had to pick up the check. Because oh. <laughs> he keeps losing these bets. That's why he invites me out to eat, so I can pick up the check no. eventually. <laughs> I don't do that to you, Pritch. That's why I get you out, man, so we yeah. can break some bread. Yeah, we have to. I have, it's been a minute since let's I've been it. out uh, breaking bread that way. So right. let's do it. All right, brother. Thanks, right. thanks Thank again you. for coming yeah. by. Mike Pritchard, catch him over at Visa. All right, Marco D'Angelo, I know we'll be uh, texting back and forth, talking to each other over the weekend, but we're on the same side, my friend, both games. Yeah. Misery loves company. There you go. <laughs> At least you didn't show up with some rag- raggedy, you know, eagle shirt or anything today. He showed up in this uh, Buffalo Bill sweatshirt that, you know, was from, I think, the Jim Kelly era. Oh, but that's okay. <laughs> All good. All right. I want to thank Jay Cordegay. Well, wait a minute. That was my Jordan. era. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, All of our eras. Yeah, yeah I know, right? I want to thank Jay Cordegay for joining us uh, and everybody else here at the Westgate. We're back out of here next Friday. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcbartonshow.com, where you can find the past interviews, the podcast podcast, the breakdowns, everything there at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a great weekend. We're back at it Monday at 2.